is New Albion calling. New Albion calling. Good evening, and welcome to this ARC special broadcast. Now, I can scarcely believe it myself, but it seems that I have been broadcasting these shows here on the Albion Radiophonic Corporation Light Program for some four years now. And to commemorate that epoch, the powers that be here at the station have asked me to record this special program to share with you a little of my story. In particular, we will focus on one particular, shall we say, notorious show that is etched in my mind like no other. An episode we have come to call A Martian Cause. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me take you back and explain a little of how I came to be in radio. Ah, how those words seem etched into the very fabric of all our consciousnesses now. But in truth, the path from slobbering boyhood to radio infamy... Uh, Mabel, is that the word I'm after? No? Oh, well, it will do. Now, don't forget to delete this bit before we broadcast it, will you? <laughs> no, I'll look like a right plonker. <clears throat> Twas not as smooth as it might appear. It was not for lack of determination, however, as I had always known that the airwaves were my destiny. From early moments, I had bored my poor mumsy silly with radiophonic carry-ons, using her cheese grater, suspended from a metal coat hanger by a pair of old stockings, as a microphone. Which reminds me, I really must publish the blueprints for my fabled suspended cheese phone although I'm not sure how much the youth are entertained by such simple pleasures these days. I digress. Despite this resolute knowledge of where my future lay, the path to the summit of broadcast light entertainment announcing was decidedly wobblier than it ought to have been. Indeed, Mumsy had pushed me initially, for no reason that I could fathom, except perhaps that she was trying to get rid of me, to try for the priesthood. Not wanting to disappoint my dearest mother, I duly applied, only to be informed, in no uncertain terms, that belief in an eternal, all-knowing deity was actually necessary to enter the seminary. Well, this was certainly news to me. Our own family priest was an atheist of the highest order. Indeed, he was only finally convinced to surrender the frock when the fact that he'd been embezzling the local parish and frittering all the collection money away by betting on the dogs was proven in court. Hilarious for sure, although hardly holy. Spurned thus, I attempted to apply to the Albion Radiophonic Corporation for the first time, only to be told by the then controller, Lord Barking Fruitcake, that he considered me too short for radio. I trudged home that night, thoroughly dejected, to discover that, in the meantime, my dear Mumsy had enrolled me in the Navy, as she had determined that I should have what she liked to call 
any old job. In the end, though, the joke was on her. As it turned out, I was entirely unsuitable for life afloat and was promptly frog-marched back ashore, where I finally found an eminently suitable role operating the alarm repeating system for Macaroni Telegraph, inshore-to-ship communications. As an aside, you may be interested to know that it was in this very position that I first met Mabel, my ever-so-slightly over-eager assistant, then a sea cadet specialising in semaphore stitching and flag ironing. It turned out she was also a dab hand with a pneumatic steam-driven soldering iron, a skill that has rescued me on many an occasion, I can tell you. No, indeed, I was never happier than when I had a good arse empty throbbing in front of me, and my flair with the tippy tapping of the enciphering keys was legendary in many a sailor's tavern. Oh, they would say, that man can certainly encode an all-points weather report, featuring a force 4.2 gale improving gradually to the west, in a way that brings a smirk to even the hardiest salty tar's chapped lips. Or something like that, anyway. Unfortunately, a mere three months into my placement, the Royal Albion Navy was accidentally disbanded due to an administrative error at the Ministry of Homeland Defence and Attack. And thus, finding myself suddenly unemployed, I thought I'd chance my arm at another job for the ARC. This time around, despite the flood of seamen applying for any available vacancies and, almost certainly, due to old Lord Fruitcake's retirement, I finally landed a junior radio announcer's role in the Europa service. This threw at me a myriad of opportunities to prematurely end my career, but somehow I managed to swerve them all. A particular, I think you would call it highlight, was serving as announcer for Jeopardy in Icing, an international professional cake decorating championship hosted in the Gaulish capital of patisserie, Chantilly-en-Mer. Despite not speaking a word of Gaulish and occasionally lacking the depth of vocabulary to describe yet another round of creme albionaise bewippery or layered creme waffle icing bag endoodling, I somehow muddled through. I must have been doing something right, or at least mildly humorous, as on returning to Auntie's bosom, I was promptly requested to be the announcer on an experimental new comedy series, The Spoon Show written and voiced by that notorious nutter, Spoke Mulligan. I say requested, but I later heard that they'd offered it to practically everybody else at the corporation, but all of the responses received were unreadable, even on this sparsely attended programme. Still, I choose to believe it was my baking banter that tipped the wink in my direction, rather than mass rejection by every other employee at the ARC. But who can really say? It turned out to be something that I barely understood. However, Mabel, by now my trusty engineer and girl fix-it, absolutely loved it. So I persevered. I like to think that my straight-as-a-die ex-naval telegraphist meets pastry decoration expounder approach added a certain levelling element to what, to my ears at least, was barely organised buffoonery. The show itself much to my bafflement, was almost universally critically acclaimed, 
and this meant that Kudos was acquired by all who had managed to somehow cling on to the careering carousel that emerged from Mulligan's mind. Including yours truly. Fearing somewhat for my sanity, I had been keen in any case to move on to fresher pastures, and this in turn led to finally landing what seemed to me at least to be the plum role of chief announcer for the light programme. And so, with Mabel in tow, I set off for the metropolis to begin the next chapter in my mastery of the New Albion airwaves. It should also be said that my consummate knowledge via the Spoon Show of what was to become known as anarchic comedy held me in good sway when I found myself embroiled in one of the more infamous events to before the ARC studios. A little adventure that I have named A Martian Calls, which, if you will indulge me a little further, I will relate to you now. It had started like any other day in the studio. A myriad of meetings and meetings about meetings, pre-scripting this, un-de-organising that, all pretty much run-of-the-mill corporate stuff, which gave no clue as to the momentous events that were to follow. Keith Urban Trousers being, as usual, insufferable bore in the pre-production pontification, holding forth on why his show, the preposterously overnamed Luigi Engelbert's Rhapsody on Wax, uh, why he couldn't use his real name, I really couldn't tell you, although I have my suspicions, should be moved to the more lucrative, and from Urban Trousers' point of view, personally advantageous, ladies' gin time slot at 1700 hours. Mabel had laughed so hard at this suggestion that she'd spat a mouthful of Darjeeling all over the deputy controller's twin set, and she, in turn, had to rule that we were all out of order, and thankfully the motion was defeated. My own contribution to the conflab on that, as it turned out, fateful day, was even less salubrious, if you can comprehend such a thing, as the only point of order I advanced concerned the questions for the newfangled listener's telephone-in quiz. Can you guess what it is that I'm describing? By way of another aside, I should explain that the quiz works thus. I have to ask the listener, should one actually deign to telephone the show. We've not been that successful in regard to that. But the less said about that, the better. Three rhyming clues to enable them to guess what it is that I'm describing. If they succeed in this near-pointless endeavour on first time of asking, they will win three shillings. After that, both the returns and any attempt at retaining a little dignity diminish rapidly. This segment of the light programme had been introduced initially for two reasons. Firstly, because it was felt that ratings were a little on the low side, and nextly, because the ARC had invested the sum of £34 nine shillings and sixpence, in a new telephony system. And the powers that be felt we ought to bloody well use it for something. Anyway, I barely recall what the issues with the question were that day, subsequent events having driven them from my memory, but we conversed, and in the end it was deemed that the deputy controller was right, and everybody else was wrong. Mem view on croute pedant legere, or some such. Procedural shenanigans done and dusted, I retired to the staff canteen, via, and indeed post via the bar, for a little repast and a modest bottle of port, 
before my traditional pre-show nap on the announcer's settee. Now, dear reader, I, I mean listener, or perhaps listener strip reader, it should be pointed out that my entire career has been at the flimsier end of lightest of light entertainment, and keeping abreast with current affairs was not really my forte. Despite this, it seems that by accident, design, or indeed innate comic timing, my role in the ensuing events were of some small benefit to the homeland. Ah, but don't take my word for it. After all, the whole episode was, like all my shows, captured on a spiral waxograph. And so rather than describe it, let the magic of radio take you there now. Can you keep the noise down? Uh, are, we, are we ready to go yet? Okay, thank you. Oh, do behave, Mabel. Okay, okay. Five, four... Good evening. My name is Theodore Pilkington Rhubarb, and you are listening to the ARC Light Programme. Now, coming up later is another in our soporifically splendid story series, Slumber Time Stories. But first, we will attempt, once again, to allow a listener to win three shillings with the listener's telephone-in quiz. Can you guess what it is that I'm... <laughs> Ah, okay. <clears throat> Another an increasingly random series of patient listeners. Right, right, deep breath. Ahoy, hoy. This is the Albion Radiophonic Corporation. Theodore speaking. Good day to you, fair listener. Are you prepared to play? Can you guess what it is that I'm describing? Hello? Hello? Anybody there? Oh, wonderful. Dirt grubber of a smelly disposition, this voice represents Igor the almost indestructible. Surrender your strategically vital radiophonic frippery or face grotty death of an irksome nature. Mother, is that you? No, Igor is not the bosom of your weaning. He flaps his eye stalks in indignation. Ah, many apologies, dearest listener eager. But you do sound a bit like my mother. Now then, are you ready to play? Can you guess what it is that I'm describing? You are a petty dropping on the lowest flapping dinosaur dung heap. What is this you chirp of like some insignificant bird with both dull plumage, no intrinsic observation value? Well, now, no need to get personal. Just a game after all. Hmm, anyway, it works thus. I will give you three clues, and if you are predisposed to solve my riddle with the first proposition, you will win three shillings. <laughs> Take that as a yes, then, since we really do need to push on a bit here if we're going to get the story in. Very well. Here is the first clue for three shillings. 
Oh, hang on. I had it here a second ago. Uh, right, here it is, <clears throat> for what it's worth. Uh, um, fleet of air I be, you can't even begin to see me. Oh dear, this is very poor. Mabel, Mabel, what are you playing at? Leave that door alone, I've got a listener on the line. Um, uh, no. No, not that. Uh, um, so for one shilling and tuppence, uh, uh, no, uh, threepence, here is the third, uh, no wait, I mean the second clue. <clears throat> Sometimes I do pong, but never for too long. Oh, for heaven's sake, people. Is this really the worst set of clues yet? Honestly, what are you both doing at the door? I, I don't suppose you have an answer, caller. I'd really like to crack on if it's all the same to you. Oh my goodness, is that a gunshot? Buckets of insatiable desire to occupy your radiophonic control base drench me in saliva earth piglet, who is worth less than a flea. Um, no, no, that's not it. Far simpler, really. I get the feeling you're trying too hard. of a hard-armoured war chariot with extra armour on three sides. Oh, slimy mucus trail of a retarded shellless snail. Well, I can't knock your effort, but if we could take the salacious description of your travails down a notch, I'd be grateful. <laughs> Very well. Probably best we move on, so for tuppence halfpenny, here is your final clue. Grab me, you cannot. Although I do make up some planet. <laughs> Dirt stain of exceptional worthlessness. Igor offers you this final chance at surrendership. Offer up your seat of communication enthronement or prepare for a fate worse than insufferable hardship at the hands of a grumpy belligerent. Well, I can see you're clearly just trying to wind me up. But let me tell you, I've been called far worse things in team-building exercises. And no, that's not it. In fact, that's nothing to do with it. The answer is... gas. <sighs> very rude. Gas! 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 Are you even listening to me? Oh, Mummy, not that brown emanation again. Typical. I think we finally reached the end of the line with this nonsense, Mabel. And now it's time for Slumber Time Stories. But, wait, what, what's going on? Hey, what are you doing? The Martians are here. We have to go now. Go? Go where? In case you've forgotten, I'm trying to broadcast to the nation here. Oh, I turned that off already. We need to get to the emergency bunker. Come on! There's an emergency bunker? Oh, nobody tells me anything. Come on! Right, all right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, there you have it. Now, it turns out, much after all this carry-on had subsided, that the Martian, Igor, had been so overwhelmed by my screaming about gas at him that he had abandoned his attack on the studio and retreated to the safety of one of his tripods to cower like a cowardly custard, allowing New Albion troops 
and the ARC staff to render the radio station inoperable and move to our emergency bunker at a top-secret location, which no one had bothered to tell me about, to continue broadcasting. Somewhat inadvertently, I had actually enabled the whole retreat to be successfully concluded with Mabel's rather underwhelming quiz questions. Quite what troubled them so much about the threat of gas, one can only guess, but it saved both the day and, rather more importantly, my career. One can only muse on what the turn of events would have been had that week's quiz been the one about the goat. I truly dread to think. Still, fate is not what we do, but what is dumped upon us from a great height. And with that, I must conclude this special programme. Life must now intervene, and another set of stories be acquired for future broadcast. One can only wonder what on earth, or indeed off earth, might come next. Good night, New Albion. I wish you dreams of a bright future. All characters and stories created by and copyright to Darren Callow. With the exception of Igor the Almost Indestructible's Translator Box, which was played by James King, and Mabel Philpott, who played herself. All the music was composed and played by Charlotte Savigar. For more information about Tales of New Albion, please go to www.talesofnewalbion.com or search for Tales of New Albion on Facebook. Tales of New Albion is a Monkey Teaspoon production for Albion Radiophonic Corporation. Uh, come along, Theodore, you great pompous trash. Come on, let's go. Okay. Oh, come along, Theodore, you pompous twitch. Come on, come on, we're gonna go. That's gotta be enough. Blimey. Stop recording.